Hello, everybody. Um, we welcome you to our quarter two 2017 result and the interims report for our company, Eiffel Schmidt, here out of beautiful Copenhagen. The keynotes to the Q2. We had an organic growth both in order intake and in revenue. Our EBITDA margin, our underlying EBITDA margin adjusted for one-off costs was 9.5%. We have a continued strong momentum in our total service activities, both in order intake and revenue. Mining equipment, mining capex is still on a very, very low level. But the sentiment in the mining industry definitely improved a lot. Guidance unchanged. We always start, if we talk about the quarterly result, how our safety performance is. Safety is for us very important. It includes our sub-suppliers, our colleagues, our customers, the societies where we act in. We have for a very long period of time, quarter on quarter, good improvements. This quarter, on this year to date, we have the first time a real setback from a 1.5 end of last year to 1.7 on the LTIFR. This is not satisfying. It's not fulfilling the target what we have to be on 1.3 or lower. But of course, corrective actions to counteract and to come back on track are taken. Then we are always proud, I have to say, to yeah, to present what we bring as R&D, what we bring as innovation in big scale as well as in smaller scale to the market, but always with the target to improve. The profitability means productivity of our clients. This time, it is out of our unique business where we offer complete installations in mine shafts. That means to transport bulk material from an underground mine to the surface to feed them into our processing plant. This time, out of that business, it's the skip-dump mechanism. It's the mechanism to open and to close these big buckets, which move with a very fast speed through the main shaft. It's a new design of a gear motor mechanism, which performs, as I said, the discharging and charging faster than before. We can offer here to our clients a production increase, a production improvement, a productivity improvement up to 12%. You can imagine that you have a very fast payback on such a new technology. Without say, it is of course designed for low maintenance need, which clearly rounds the whole picture of another productivity improvement innovation coming out of our company. Then we look into what was announced by the Swedish company Sandvik and ourselves that we have a pending acquisition of a part of Sandvik mining systems. The part what we are interested in is closest to the mine. It, for example, includes the in-pit crushing systems and, of course, equipment which goes into waste and dry tailings handling. We expect that the closing will be at the end of 2017. The rationale for it is that we as Eiffel Schmidt like to influence and having more of the value chain already from the mindset, from the pit up to the processing plant into our hands to offer best productivity improvement and to be capable 
to digitalize the whole way of working from pit to plant. If we then look into the financial figures, you see on the left side that we had in quarter two, 54% of our business of the revenue out of minerals and 46% out of cement. The EBITDA margin was 11.5% on the mining part and 2.4% on the cement part. If we take the one-off costs out, then it's close to 11% on the minerals part and close to 7% on the cement part. It is important to say that especially with that underlying performance in cement, another quarter where we show a better underlying performance in EBITDA margin on that cement business. As we said before, the capital efficiency on the return on, on the cement part is very high. Out of that, the return on capital employed is far above the 20%, what we have as a target for the total group. On the right side, we show the capital versus the service business. And there we have with 57% service business, 2% less than we had in quarter two 2016, which is simply born out of more CapEx activities out of the cement industry. If we then look into the order intake on the next slide, you see on the left side, order intake development since Q2 2015. And you see that we had again an order intake growth, this time 5% uh, year on year. When we look on the right side of the slide into the divisions, you see all divisions contribute actually quite a lot of order intake growth. Only minerals was significant lower than the year before, which was actually quite a good year, uh, quite a good quarter for minerals in 2016. Then the market. Yeah, the market outlook. Uh, a lot of questions and a lot of uh, debate on that for quite a while. Let us start with the minerals processing part. Fact is, there is a better sentiment out in the market. We see it with the early cyclical suppliers into the mining industry. We, we hear and we see the activity level and we are involved in activities on the customer side. But fact is that the CapEx level in the mining industry, as we said before, is on a very, very low level. The outlook, what we communicated before, more positive for 2018, we definitely stick to it. And gold and copper are very good minerals to be in, but there are others having good track record too, like coal, for example. If you have, as we are at the moment, on a copper price, if I take the measurement with the, uh, the thousands and the, the kilograms, with six and a half thousand dollar, that is significant better what we had a few quarters ago. And of course, that triggers more investments than in the mid to long-term future. On cement side, we stay cautiously optimistic that we see and we got we announced actually a few days ago a new order out of Uruguay, um, that more investment into capacity is coming. But it is regional, very, very different. We have countries really booming and really doing something when others, like Angola, for example, have deteriorating uh, paths. The competition, the price competition in cement is ongoing on the same level with same headwind as we saw it before. For both, for the processing, mineral processing part, as well as for cement, the OPEX spend is clearly on a good level. 
And there, it's not about selling welded steel bits or pieces. It's about offering performance improvements. And that goes for both industries and the performance for both industries. So the productivity theme, what we have, is really that what both industries demand a lot. Then the total service activities. We have again a growth in order intake and again a growth in, in revenue. As you see, the, this is a stable development and underscores on one side the market activities, which is normal in a trough situation and slightly out of the trough, that you have these service activities as well as our good position in the market. Out of that, I would like to give to Lars, our CFO. Thank you. <clears throat> and uh, to the numbers for the second quarter, uh, this is a quarter where we continue to see a strong service, service performance. Uh, we see a significant impact from the corrective actions we did uh, last year. Uh, the underlying uh, margin is strong, uh, so a lot of things are working in the right directions. We have uh, still some challenges, which is uh, the cement margin, the order intake in minerals, and the cash flow. Uh, which we will uh, get back to in, in this presentation. Uh, when you look into the numbers, uh, you can see that they are impacted quite substantially by, uh, by one-off costs. We have them in two parts. One is uh, the corrective actions, where we continue to uh, optimize our cost base. And here we have some costs related to site closures and restructuring uh, of 47 million, uh, and we've sold some property with a gain, so the net is uh, 30 million. Uh, and as someone mentioned, we have a, uh, some very tough market conditions in Angola, as we've mentioned for quite a while. Uh, the political situation in Angola is not uh, uh, at a level where it's easy to operate. Uh, so we have decided to uh, provide for the, uh, for the outstanding account receivables we have, uh, as well as we have taken significant cost out of the country, uh, of, uh, of the people we have in Angola, so that when the market starts to return, we can, uh, we can still ramp up, but uh, the costs have been taken significantly down. Uh, so all in all, we have, uh, we have fully provided for that contract, and, uh, and this would help the, the cement margin in, uh, in the future. Um, we also have a financial cost where we have um, a fairly substantial cost uh, this year. We have $94 million of, uh, of cost. Uh, 25 million of the cost relates to some uh, some shares we have in uh, in some customers that we have had for many years. Um, these have been uh, adjusted to uh, to their fair value, and that have given us a loss of 25 million in the second quarter. Uh, then we have normal uh, interest cost, and then we've had some uh, some uh, some cost related to uh, to the weakening of a number of currencies. So uh, so high financial cost in the second quarter. If you look at the, the whole PNL, uh, you can see that the, the, the revenue is inc uh, inc uh, improving. Uh, the gross margin uh, is reported to come down, but substantial impacts are coming from, uh, from the corrective actions and uh, the O&M contract that we have uh, provided for. Um, so if you take that out, the margin is up. Uh, the underlying EBITDA margin is 9.5%, so, so a strong underlying performance. When you look at the, the revenue, uh, it's up compared to, uh, to the same period last year. Uh, if you look into uh, the four divisions, you can clearly see that, uh, that the, both customer service and product companies are performing well. Uh, here you have the, the impact from service and the OPEX-related investment, as Thomas mentioned. 
Uh, in cement, we are still getting a lot of revenue from, uh, from the good order intake we've had in, in the last year. Uh, and as a result of the lack of big orders uh, in previous quarters, we have uh, an unsatisfactory development in minerals, but it, as, as, it is as expected. Looking at uh, the gross margin, uh, again, it's up compared to last year if you take out the, the one-offs. Uh, when you look into the divisions, customer service slightly down. Uh, product companies is down, but here you have uh, one-off costs. Minerals is at 18%, which is a very strong performance if you take the market conditions into consideration. Uh, in cement, we are at 9.6, which is not satisfactory, and here we have one-off costs. And still, the impact from the low margin orders we took in, well, we have taken over the last couple of years. Turning to the SGNA costs, again, we have a substantial impact from, from the, uh, the corrective actions. But when you look into the details, uh, the admin costs continues to come down, uh, and it's down uh, 20 million compared to, uh, 23 million uh, compared to last year. Uh, and sales cost is up. Um, we are focusing a lot on getting more revenue in, so, um, so when you look into the details, it's, uh, it's also a satisfactory development in this area. The EBITDA margin is, uh, is up compared to last year. When you look at the bridge, we, uh, we have 77 million negative impact from one-offs. Uh, the higher revenue drives 118 million improvements compared to, uh, to the same period last year. So all in all, we go from 273 million uh, to 342. If we look at working capital, uh, it is an unsatisfactory result. We increased working capital by almost 300 million in the second quarter. Uh, this remains a priority for us to get working capital down, and we have uh, we have been through all the details. Uh, there are no alarming signs anywhere in our working capital. Uh, the increase has come uh, from a number of, or a few number of big projects where we have not hit the payment milestones in the first half. Uh, so actually things are progressing as expected and this was already known at the first quarter. So no big surprises, but it remains a, a clear priority for us to get working capital down. Uh, and we expect at the end of the year to be more or less at the same level as when we started the year. When you look at the cash flow statement, again, it's the big impact come from, uh, from working capital. Uh, and here we expect quite a substantial, a strong performance in the second half. Uh, we have CFFO of minus 44 million, um, and uh, where we had 155 million in the last year. This will, in a project business like ours, always be a bumpy number. Capital structure is in line with our targets. We have an equity ratio of 36%. The net debt to EBITDA is 1.5. As uh, you know, we have a target of 20% return on capital employed. Uh, we increased to 9.8 in the second quarter. Uh, of course, it's driven by three main components. Uh, one is uh, the, the profit margin or the EBITDA margin, where the underlying margin is improving as, uh, and is supporting the, the target we have. Our capital employ, uh, employed remains uh, under control, and what we really lack is to get the growth back. Um, so the target will be reached when we start to see some, some growth in the market again. And with that, uh, it's you again, Thomas. Thanks a lot, Lars. So when we um, look into um, the next slide, we have here the management agenda. And um, on the management agenda, we show each quarter 
what are the driving KPIs what we have here. And the driving KPIs, you see that our return on capital employed definitely improved based on, as Lars said, better capital efficiency. We had a growth in order intake. We had a growth uh, on the EBITDA, especially underlying, was quite good. Despite the fact that the networking capital percentage versus sales shows definitely a positive improvement, we are not satisfied with the networking capital development in absolute numbers. And as Lars said, we have a very strong focus on it. On a very positive note, our quality measurement towards our customers achieved in the second quarter the highest rate since we are measuring that. That's a very good performance of our organization. On the downside, I have to say that the uh, yeah, deterioration in the uh, LTIFR and the safety, of course, is a little bit uh, bitter pill here. And activities are taken to bring us back on track. But beside that, of course, the strategic focus areas are very important. And we had a uh, well-attended capital market day at the end of June. And there we really showed what we expect in the two industries where we act, what is the market growth and what we can do out of our own competence, out of our own offering, out of our own intellectual property, doing more for the industries and for the customers where we act with. And that growth through productivity has quite a positive outlook for the upcoming or already started productivity cycle, not only in the mining industry. Our procurement optimization is well on track. We are on the way to reduce our uh, sub-supplier base from the amount of sub-suppliers, which gives the ones we stick with, of course, significant more volume. And we treat as we would like to be treated by our customers, them as partners, that we are a kind of a one-family approach in the industry where we work. Only then you can offer the productivity improvement and not to forget of course, the new way of working, what we can call digitalization, industrialization 4.0, where we have a leading function, not only with our partnership, out of our actually cement automation business, which is a kind of a development into digitalization for quite several decades. Last but not least, the investment in people as we dwelled on it to uh, set up, to have a company, to have a service provider, to have a productivity provider, before in a capacity cycle definitely requests different competences and setups than for a productivity provider. We did a lot. We do a lot. My organization, our organization shows a fantastic performance here, a little bit visible in the lower corrective action costs um, as we believed at the end of last year and in the speed how things are getting implemented. And you see in the service activities what we can generate in order intake as well as in the revenue, how competent and how, com how much competence we have as a, as a yeah, potential in our company to offer to our clients. Out of that, the group guidance stays unchanged. When you look into it, uh, we are half-year result with 9 billion um, as well as with 8% EBITDA margin well on track versus the middle line of our guidance. We are slightly higher in regarding the return on capital employed. Important, and uh, we say it again, is that in that guidance is of are, of course, all the one-off costs included. As I said before, we lowered 
the outlook for the total cost of the corrective actions program from 200 to 150 based on the fact that our organization is capable to uh, implement all the activities what we wanted to have in a more cost-efficient way. As well as, of course, um, the one-off what we have recognized out of the challenging Angolan contract. So, the quarter two. We definitely had a good uh, EBITDA improvement, especially underlying if we adjust for the one-off costs. We had organic growth in uh, order intake. We had organic growth in revenue. We clearly see that the pricing pressure in cement is ongoing. We clearly see that the capex spent in mining is really low, but the sentiment definitely improved. And to sum it up, we keep the guidance unchanged. Thanks a lot. And now I would like to open for the questions. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do wish to ask a question, please press zero one on your telephone keypad. If you want to withdraw the question again, you can do so by pressing zero two to cancel. Once again, that's zero one on your telephone keypad to register for a question. There'll now be a brief pause while questions are being registered. The first question comes from the line of Lars Topholm from Carnegie. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Uh, yes, uh, thank you. A couple of questions uh, from me. Uh, first, on the terminated contract in Angola, uh, Thomas, I think you, you mentioned that going forward this will uh, boost your profitability. Can you be a little bit more specific how, how much uh, will numbers improve uh, when that contract is no longer in, in the backlog? And then on the mining outlook, uh, you stated has improved. Can you maybe comment a bit on which commodities do you see better interest from and maybe also in which part of the value chain you're seeing interest coming back? And then a question on on your order intake in cement where you have two, uh, I guess, signed contracts which are not yet in the backlog, one from Rwanda and one from North Africa. Uh, Can you comment on to what extent it's expected these become effective uh, during the second half of the year? And a final question I ask every time, so selling uh, bulk materials, handling, what's the timeline there? Thank you. Thank you, Lars. Um, Let us start with the Angolan uh, Angola thing. um, As you said, we communicated that this is a challenging um, contract, and we we see that the market is uh, further deteriorating, especially in the last few weeks, uh, based on an upcoming election and all the turbulences around. And that led us to that taking uh, that um, risk awareness approach to put that one of package in. But we are not terminating the contract. I have to say that. We are today in a position that we can um, re-establish uh, immediately the work within a few weeks, uh, very fast, to start to produce and to sell some, uh, or that our client can sell cement again. Um, but we lowered the cost and we lowered any possible impact, negative impact for the future into the cement division. Out of that, we will not uh, disclose, of course, what we calculate here from a uh, figure point of view. But you can imagine if you have lower risk, uh, that has a definitely a positive uh, impact. Then the mining outlook. 
Um, yeah, uh, it is a mixed bag regarding the commodities. There is, of course, a lot of volatility in it. Uh, we saw with the political comments what we got out of uh, U.S. and Asia in the last few hours that gold is now more in the interest. Overall, copper with 6,500 is on a very good level. It's a very, very good level. Coal is thermal coal um, uh, as well as cooking coal is actually on a good level too. We see uh, activities on any kind of environmental technology for any commodity. Then we have uh, gold, I already said, a um, uh, little bit more hope on nickel. Uh, silver is uh, uh, holding up and then, of course, zinc. So it's a mixed bag, but overall more positive. But we expect volatility in that uh, commodity price too. What is interesting in the mining side um, at the moment, um, if it comes to the whole value chain and specific in the processing side, it's the productivity improvement. How do we get a higher recovery rate? How do we get less energy cost and so on? And on top of it, which is uh, out of the last few months really new, and I'm quite long in that industry, the talk about to get input crushing systems, to talk to get more cost efficient and con with continuous transport out of the pit into the processing plant is all over. And then overarching, of course, digitalization. Um, then Vatgassen. Um, this is the bulk material handling. Vatgassen is the village where, where it's located. That sales process is ongoing. It is, uh, as we all know, a big project business. It takes a lot of um, um, it takes a lot of uh, yeah, due diligence and looking into it because it's bigger bigger projects. So we are still in the sales process. Um, then last, the order intake. No, you, sorry, Thomas, just to follow up on that, because after Q1, you sounded so optimistic when I asked and said that was just around the corner. That was my feeling. Uh, is it just me, or are you a little less upbeat on a quick sale today than you were three months ago? No, I'm on the same opinion as three months ago. Okay. Yes, and and the other question was on the two hot hot prospects we have in Rwanda and in North Africa, and again, it's the conditions that needs to be satisfied. We need the we need the prepayments and we need guarantees in place, and it can. As I think we've mentioned uh, many times, uh, it can take a short period of time and it can take a long period of time to get these. Uh, so, uh, so not a lot of uh, insights to provide on those. Uh, they are still in the hot list. But, but, but when, when you mentioned the Rwanda contract, you specifically stated you expected uh, prepayment to make it effective this year. Is that still the case? And uh, is it, you know, is North Africa? longer into the, the future than Rwanda? Um, I can't really give you much, much more detail on it. Uh, I mean, we still expect to get it, and uh, whether it's going to be this uh, in this year or next year, it's uh, it's difficult to say. Yeah. The, you, you know, Lars, it depends on that, how the financing of the customer, how the banks are setting that up. Rwanda is one of the absolute booming countries in Africa. They have uh, quite significant growth rates over quite a while now. So we are quite confident that uh, this will happen. Um, but, of course, the customer has to get the financing and so on all regulated out. Thank you. The next question comes from the line of Christian Johansson from Danske Bank. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. 
Yes, thank you. Just uh, relating the Angola contract, um, I, I just need to be completely sure I understand what is going on. So obviously the contract was for you to have your own guys operate uh, this cement plant. So those, the, the action you've taken means that you no longer have people on site, or how should we think about that? I think we, what we... Uh we used to, I mean, we have been operating a full cement plant down there for, for a number of years. Uh, and operating a full cement plant is a lot of people. So, uh, so we still have, uh, have people on site, but the cost is so substantially smaller that it will hardly be, be visible in, uh, in the group numbers anymore. So it's a, it's, it's a very substantial ramp down of the cost level we have in, Rwanda, uh, in, sorry, in, uh, in Angola. But, but, but does that mean it's not completely de-risked? I mean, given that you still have people on site, uh, I, I know it's not your expectation, but, but considering the instability, could you run, I mean, run into a scenario where you have to take more uh, extraordinary costs? There will not come more costs from Angola. Okay, that, that's quite clear. Um, then I, uh, I had a look at your results for the past eight years, and uh, for, for every year, revenue has been higher in the second half than in the first half, and, and some of these years has been, have been quite volatile. Uh, looking at your guidance, the lower end suggests that revenue should be lower in the second half compared to first half. Um, considering the, the, the positive trend you have seen in orders, what, what's make you, uh, what makes you stick to that scenario in your guidance? I mean, we have, uh, we have different businesses. Uh, the product company division as well as customer service are having a good run, and here we, we expect to see uh, positive developments uh, as we go into the second half. But we've got two capital divisions where the backlogs are smaller, and we had last year a very, very strong uh, run in the end of the year in cement. Uh, that we do not see that will come this year, so, uh, so the... We will not have the same pick-up as we've had in, in other years in the second half here. Okay. Uh, and if you look at, if you compare the backlog we had uh, a year ago with where we are now, we are, uh, how much is this, 1.3 billion down or something like that. So, uh, so it's a smaller backlog than we had at the middle of last year. And as well, we have a, a weaker dollars, uh, dollar than we had uh, last year. So that also... Uh, drags down the number, or the expectation for the second half. Yeah, yeah. Um, then, then my my last question is on uh, on cement, and obviously, uh, as you also highlight, you, you've seen a fairly good order streak. But um, as, as you sort of state, this is not really a reflection of the market, but but more your own performance. What is um, how should we think about the ability to maintain the current run rate on on cement orders? Is there a risk that we will see uh, a slowdown? Um, no, uh, we don't see that. The, but of course, when the, this order or orders hit our order book, that is really depending uh, not so much actually on the customers and us. It's really more the financing behind, I have to say that, and permits. That means government regulation. Fact is that we get a fairly good share out of that what is available in the market. Fact is that there are... Uh, Countries like Philippines, um, yeah, Bangladesh, and so on, performing well on uh, new capacity and uh, increased utilization. But fact is too that we have a lot of countries really down in, in cement consumption and really down in the utilization rate. 
So we, we can't say that we are optimistic. That's the reason why we still keep the term cautiously optimistic, because the run what we see in cement is, as you rightly said, quite a lot out of our own capability. Okay, very clear. That was all for me. Thank you. The next question comes from the line of Jonathan Hanks from Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi, Thomas Hylos. Uh, just firstly, on the cement gross margins, I think taking out the one-off costs, they're about 12.5%, so up from Q1, but still well below last year. Are you confident that we've now seen the trough in, in cement gross margins and they, they should only improve from the current level? That's my first question. The, uh, hi, Jonathan. Um, the... The situation is that we took now the hit with the uh, uh, Angolan case. If you take, if you adjust for that, then we are on a 6.8% for all the salmon business because the headwind in, in pricing is not only on the big plants. Of course, it's all over in that industry. And we said with the corrective actions that we will counteract on it. It was one of the main things to implement the corrective actions. We had end of last year less than 5% EBITDA margin on the total salmon business. In quarter one, we were below 6% in the uh, profitability for the total salmon business. And now in quarter two, we are 6.8% underlying for the salmon. So that works out what we do quite well on the profitability improvement on the salmon part. So we do our utmost to counteract on the pricing pressure in the cement industry. Brilliant, very clear. And then, and then, just secondly, I was just wondering if you give a little bit more color on on the strength in the service business. You know, um, are you mainly seeing demand for more kind of spare spare parts, or are you beginning to see kind of the larger refurb orders come back at all? It is it is definitely a mixed bag, um, and timing plays in. Uh, if you have bigger retrofits, there are uh, you have to shut down parts of the the processing part uh, plant. So that's a timing issue. In general, it's all over, I have to say. And uh, what I clearly, clearly, what we can clearly state here, you are not selling today um, bits and pieces or metal. You sell performance. You go out and sell value. And that is actually the, uh, you have that strength and that competence or you don't. That's more important than anything else. Um, then last word on it, we see clearly that on the aftermarket part, um, uh, which is absolutely the right picture, the bigger driver in it is minerals. Uh, when we look between minerals and, and, and cement, because in cement we have more activities on capacity increase, which then levels out more on the service side. But both areas in service perform very well. Thank you very much. The next question comes from the line of Andrew Wilson from JP Morgan. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Um, just a few questions for me, please. Just to, to follow up on Jonathan's question, actually, on the, the service side, which obviously is seeing a nice improvement. Can you just talk about um, what you're seeing in terms of pricing, given that obviously there's a focus here on providing value and performance, and, and that competency is presumably a differentiator? Can you just talk about how willing customers are, I guess, increasingly being in terms of paying for this work? Yes. Um, you have actually free bigger pockets, uh, uh, if you can generalize, in, 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 in the aftermarket. One is the, the parts business, where you are normally the sole supplier, uh, as you are, uh, as we are organized, not a high volume uh, equipment player in the market, very specialized. Uh, their pricing pressure is, of course, uh, relatively low. 
Then you have um, the wear and consumable part. There we are still not a big player. We do quite a lot to get a bigger player. There you have more competition. Pricing pressure is there definitely higher, especially on consumables. It's uh, very, very high, and we are not in that business. And then you have service, and there you have a, um, the labor service, which is under dramatic uh, uh, pricing pressure, but we are more or less not in. We, we were already before the recession too expensive to quote that. We are more in the what we call the, the technician and engineer service, what our colleagues offer, and that is really to improve situations on the customer that they earn at the end of the day more money or having lower cash costs. And then pricing is always an issue. You always get pressed, but it's not so traumatic um, as you maybe imagine on the can imagine on the consume, consumable part where you can have quite a lot of competition in it. Uh, thanks. Um, just on the, the Q2 and just thinking about the, the phasing of the, the corrective actions um, and the benefit has come through, can I just confirm a couple of things on the lower costs that you're now guiding to? Um, can you try and give us an indication of how much benefit year on year we got in the Q2 from the corrective actions? And also, can you just confirm, and it might just be my um, understanding, um, the, the level of cost has been reduced from 200 to 150 but the total benefit that we're expecting is unchanged. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, your line was not very clear. Um, I think you were asking about the corrective actions and what the impact was in, uh, in the second quarter uh, on, the, on the underlying per performance. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's clear that the, uh, the impact from the corrective actions um, is more or less fully in the numbers. So the run rate you have in the, in the second quarter is uh, the run rate we will have going forward. So there will not be a lot of incremental uh, improvements from, uh, from the corrective actions. So the corrective actions we did in the second quarter will be reinvested into uh, to more salespeople and, uh, and more product competence and so on. So, uh, so do not expect more, more incremental improvements from, from the corrective actions. Perfect. And then the second part, and apologies if the line isn't very good. Um, the 150 million of costs, which has been reduced from 200, am I right in understanding that the total benefit that we expect, I think we talked about the 500 million initially, that number hasn't come down. It's just that the costs to affect that have come down. Yes. So we have uh, our organisation have been uh, been better at uh, implementing the corrective actions, or we have implemented them at a lower cost than anticipated when we when we made them. So. Uh, so that's correct, and and the full uh, the impact is still 500 million as as we said. Perfect. And if I can just ask one more, just on the the O&M contracts more generally, and, and clearly we've we've talked about Angola a lot today. My, my understanding is there's around sort of 10 large O&M contracts which are ongoing at the moment. Is there any other risk around those O&M contracts of a situation like what we've seen? With Angola, can you just try and give us some sort of assurance, that, or get, I guess, understanding at least of, of where we are on those other contracts, please? Yeah, the Angola was the last contract what we have out of an oil exporting country, and uh, um, as you know, uh, there are, especially in Africa, two countries which are heavily driven by um, the oil price development, and we we see and we we look, of course, from that point of view, how much a country is capable to lower that price point for oil, to earn money on oil. And that uh, performance in Angola was not going in the right direction, especially uh, based uh, on the upcoming election. 
Then regarding the risk, um, by saying that this was the last one out of oil exporting, of course, it definitely lowers the risk out of the O&M contract uh, business, what we have. So, uh, apologies, just a final follow-up, I promise. Um, the, the other O&M contracts are profitable then? Did you? Yeah, I think I, I think the question was whether the other O and M contracts were profit, profitable, and uh, and the answer to that is yes, they are profitable. That's great. Thank you very much, guys. The next question comes from the line of Klaus Kiel from New Credit Markets. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yeah, hello, uh, Klaus Kiel. Uh, I have uh, three questions. Um, first of all, uh, you mentioned that you see better sentiment in the, in the mining uh, sector and you're getting more requests from the uh, clients. Um, but could you in any way uh, try to, to quantify this? I, I know it's tricky, but just, yeah, any, any, any thoughts? Secondly, uh, order intake from minerals, um, I guess it would be fair to, to expect a, a better order intake in the second half than what we have seen here in, in Q2. But do you have any thoughts about whether it would be reasonable to expect at least a small growth for minerals here in, in, in 17? And finally, on, uh, on, uh, on currencies, um, could you talk about what kind of impact the declining U.S. dollar is, is having on, on, on F.L. Smith, uh, both on your revenues and on your uh, EBITDA? Uh, or alternatively, just give us an indication of, of, of the dollar rate you used in your original budget. That would be my questions. Hey, Klaus. Thank you very much. The, at first, the sentiment in the mining sector to quantify. Um, yeah, as you say, it, uh, uh, that's definitely difficult. But um, there's, we look, of course, in quite a lot of directions to, to, to analyze that. And, and we are quite outspoken how we see the market. And we were very outspoken uh, that 17 will be not a good year on CapEx. And that came predominantly out of the customers, clearly saying we will not budget uh, a real thing, CapEx in process for mineral processing uh, in 17. But we have, of course, the comment from our customers, no, we now look more into processing for the budget, what they will do or what the customers will do September, October, November this year for 18. That's a message in itself. We see that our peers, Swedish peers who are early uh, cyclical, uh, the, the Sandvik, for example, and the Atlas Copco, they have actually quite good times in, in growth and order intake. And we know that based on the cycle, they are one to two years ahead of us. Then we see, um, yes, a very volatile commodity market and um, still very high production rates. Um, but overall, definitely a higher commodity price level than we had it one or two years ago. And, um, uh, you know, if you are on six and a half thousand dollars, you have to earn money with a copper mine. You really have to earn money. Um, not that long ago on um, here, we on several meetings, we discussed what are we doing if the copper price is below 3,500. Now we are 6,500. So that all brings definitely more talk, better sentiment into it. But, and I know um, we or I'm blamed for being always negative, but we see clearly the CapEx spend is low and what is big awarded this year are normally deals which were already discussed and agreed before the recession started and they were stalled and now getting reactivated. 
Then the next question was regarding the order intake for minerals. If that will be higher in the second half of the year, that's easy to answer. Yes, we expect that it will be higher than in the first half of the year. <coughs> yes, and then you uh, gave the question on uh, on how the dollar impacts our numbers. Um, and it, it's going to be a little bit of a longer answer because um, when you look at how much business we actually have in the U.S., uh, it's not a substantial part of uh, or the majority of the group business, but a lot of the business we have are in dollar-related uh, countries. Uh, a lot of the emerging markets uh, follow the dollar to some extent, as well as some of our underlying contracts are in dollars, So uh, even if they are not sold in, in the U.S. Um, so, uh, so there is a substantial impact at a revenue level. If you look at the EBITDA margin uh, level, uh, the, the impact is very low as uh, as the majority of our contracts uh, we have cost and uh, and revenue in the same cur- currency or we hedge it back to the same currency so this is more a uh, an, an absolute revenue impact we get rather than a a margin impact we have um, so if you look out for for the second half of the year and the impact on guidance from the big dollar change um, when we say we will uh, we keep the guidance and uh, the guidance is 17 to to 19, uh, the midpoint is 18, um, and that is based on the uh, the currencies as we have them today. So uh, that's uh, that's what I can say on the full year. And then you had uh, I think the last question was on the FX line uh, where we had uh, uh, a fairly substantial uh, impact in the uh, in uh, in the second quarter. Uh, some of it relates to uh, revaluation of shares and interest, and then the last part is uh, we have an impact on uh, on some currencies where we have sold in emerging market currencies, and we are not able to hedge those emerging market currencies. Um, so that gave uh, a substantial part of the impact in uh, on the FX uh, losses in uh, in the second quarter. All right, thank you very much. As a reminder, if you wish to register for a question, please press 01 on your telephone keypad and 02 to cancel. We'll have a further pause while questions are being registered. We have a question from the line of Faisal Ahmed from SEB. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi, Thomas and Lars. This is Fat uh, Leonard from SCB. Um, uh, a technical question from my side. Um, R&D capitalization, it spikes quite a lot in, in Q2 uh, to around 44 million DKK. Uh, I was just wondering uh, what is exactly driving this and should, should this be the new run rate? Um, how should we be thinking about R&D capitalization going forward? Thanks. Yeah, as uh, as we mentioned on uh, the capital markets day, we have some some fairly significant uh, R&D projects in our pipeline, and uh, and they, as they are big and significant, uh, we are starting to capitalize some of the cost. Uh, when you look at whether the run rate should be uh, will be higher or smaller in the coming quarters, this will be a a, a number that goes up and down uh, quite a lot because you have both uh, manpower in this number and you have cost related to. Uh, uh, yeah, to external parties as well as when you start to do um, to do things on customer side. Uh, so I'll just say I think we we uh, we have an ambition to increase the the level of R&D uh, and we have some important uh, developments going on. So uh, 
So our target is not to take it down. It is really to get these uh, these products uh, into the market. And in the last um, the capitalization ratio versus expense ratio, should it be kind of this kind of level in uh, which is on Q2 also going forward? Uh, yeah. Um, I think it's uh, sorry. I, I didn't really get your question. It's a little bit noisy. Can you repeat the question? Uh, no. Uh, last time, just trying to ask if the capital, uh, the proportion of R and D uh, costs which you are capitalizing, uh, capitalizing into two, is that uh, the kind of run rate we should expect going forward? Uh, no, I think that's a little bit higher than it uh, it will be in the coming coming period. Okay. Thank you. Once again, if you wish to register for a question, please press zero one on your telephone keypad now. And so, Pierre, there will be no further questions. I'll hand the conference back to the speakers for closing comments. So, I would like to thank each and everyone who participated here, and see you soon, or hear you soon, and talk to you soon. I wish you all the best, and we wish you all the best and safe trip wherever you are. Thanks a lot. Bye.